Some of the things people are really concerned about is Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. uh, dementia, strokes, heart. Well, cardiovascular disease, anything that's related to the heart or the blood vessels, the ones, the neurodegenerative diseases have, has been an area of a lot of research and a lot of the primary research and the animal research has all already been very good. There are now small clinical trials going on with all of those diseases that you mentioned, the Alzheimer's, the Parkinson's, the multiple sclerosis, all of those areas are actually being avidly researching some interesting positive results have come out of that. So those are areas that are bearing some early, early fruit and we're all very excited about it. Welcome to Your Infinite Health. Are you getting older? Are you feeling it? How would you like to do that in reverse? We're your host, Dr. Tripp and Lene. We've run an integrative medicine practice for 13 years. Together, we have 60 years of combined experience helping clients. We've helped tens of thousands achieve success in health and live longer, happier lives. In this show, we'll cover peer-reviewed and evidence-based integrative approaches to creating the health you've always wanted. We also share professional experience we see in the field every day. So if you're ready to feel, look, and live your best life, you're in the right place. Welcome to your Infinite Health Podcast. So I was going to play the Jefferson from the seven, the Jeffersons from the seventies moving on up. Do you remember, did you ever watch that show? I just heard it. I know. Well, I was going <laughs> to play it, but I couldn't play the theme song and record at the same time because I'm just not that tech savvy, mm. but I wanted to play that song because we got new chairs. We got new chairs. We got new chairs. With and Ottomans. <laughs> with Ottomans. No less. I don't know that I'll use my Ottoman, but so we got his and her chairs mine is a nice green velvet because green's my favorite color and velvet's so soft and yours is black like yours no, i'm kidding <laughs> it was there <laughs> nice black leather with some grommet detailing yeah, really nice yeah. yeah yeah i feel like we haven't recorded an episode together in a while i know mm. that the most recent yeah, few you were have doing been a solo gig there for a while. I know I got tired of waiting. You know yeah. what happens when I get tired of waiting on you? I just <laughs> forge ahead yeah, for yeah. better or for worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, were that was that in our vows for better or worse? <laughs> I think I had them take that one out <laughs> for better only. It could only go up. I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> uh, so funny! I'm so mean. You are so. Last weekend, I think you got mad at me, though, because we were driving around the backwoods of Houston in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> Using those critical GPS abilities. Dude. Uh, yeah. With ways I had us going the wrong way. Yeah. Anyway, I think you were, you've taken us 30 minutes in the wrong direction. The only saving grace was that you, there happened to be a... a an awesome barbecue place. I know. I totally at. manifested that to try and like justify your. Yeah. <laughs> I happen to know you can't hardly go down a back road. Hey guys, if you if you hear panting, there are three dogs in here. But I happen to know you can't go down a back road in Texas, Tennessee, Texas or Tennessee for sure, without running into some quaint 
backwoods barbecue joint. <laughs> so I was so lucky. But the reason we were in Houston oh, right. is because you were working oh. on a weekend. What were you doing? Oh, right. We were training physicians how to do procedures with stem cells and, well, stem cells, I say stem cells, but with the more appropriate term is biological nanoparticles. Biological, biological nanoparticles, nanoparticles because the FDA <laughs> doesn't want you to say stem cells. Or You're not supposed to say stem cells. It's exosomes, say, and that's the You can't term. say exosomes either? Apparently. And this you is can't use any hearsay, of Hearsay, obviously, but apparently they don't like, like that term. They don't like physicians who are doing these awesome and amazing things to use the words that people would actually type into Google to <laughs> find a provider who actually does these things. Because all those words were like, those were like the SEO words that somebody would put into Google to look for a provider who does stem cells or even more recently, I think the people are starting to hear about and wonder what exosomes are and what they do and how they work, but you can't use the word exosomes. And then they don't even want you to use the word regenerative medicine, which people are starting to Google regenerative medicine, but you're not supposed to use those words, stem cells or exosomes or regenerative medicine. <laughs> Well done, dear. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> okay, so now we know which words not to use. <laughs> so anyway, so what were you, so you were you're on faculty with some other um, with a few other physicians that are that have a more in depth background with the science and the utilization. Well, and the vendor, they're mm -hmm. the vendor of one particular vendor of those mm -hmm. products, right? So we get a lot of questions about, and we may have addressed this before, but we get some questions about where do the products come from? Are they from the patient? Are they umbilical cord? What's up with the umbilical cord? You know, because I think some there's some concerns about where, some uneducated concerns that come up with where these products come from. So uh, the vendor that, that we use and that is supporting these educational, the educational efforts, they have a very strict parameters on what's acceptable as a source of exosomes and stem cell products. So they only accept, they speak with the mothers beforehand. They have mother's consent. The births have to be live, healthy births. And the accession has to be done by virtue of cesarean section. So all of those criteria have to be met for the for those for their products to be properly processed and executed. Cool. What's another question? Oh, and I didn't really mean to go into this, but there was a really interesting discussion about donors, the mothers donating and. Sorry, I have to go there. No. Yeah, I do. I do, because I think it's important. And just from a clinical perspective, no judgment, but this particular vendor cannot accept donors or well, mother. At the present time, the, they are not sourcing placentas from mothers who have been vaccinated for COVID because of some, some of the 
things that they found with the placentas from those mothers. They actually sourced some, went through their standard procedures, and there were some issues there. So to be specific on those, I can't be specific on what those issues were, but there was some concern that, well, at least the ones that they had sourced were not particularly good sources of the products that they produce. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so, but they're continuing on with their research and looking for, but right now they're just looking primarily for mothers that have not been vaccinated. So, I know they were concerned about having access to mothers who were not vaccinated for a while there. And I think that's still a concern. I think there are a lot of the younger folks who were vaccinated, the younger reproductive age individuals and the viability of the tissue and all that. Well, also didn't mean to go here, but it begs the question that if they don't have a large resource of, use the word product, I don't know if that's mean or not. I'm sorry if you think it is. Access to that, because these procedures, this stuff isn't cheap. Insurance doesn't cover it. So people have to pay out of pocket for it. And so if the supply is lower than the demand, then it may actually become more expensive. Right. Definitely will drive the price up. Um, So I would say if this is something that interests somebody, they should probably get in on it now. I do not know what the impact will be in the future. (laughs) So politically correct. All right. So anyway, I wanted to bring, okay, I, I deviated. I did not mean to go into any of that. It just came to my mind. But... So you were teaching physicians specifically because you have a niche expertise on using these. In systemic disease. Systemic disease. What is systemic? Tracy in Wisconsin would like to know what systemic disease is. So systemic disease is, uh, are those diseases of the end organs or metabolic diseases that occur over the course of time, like diabetes or the the degenerative diseases, all the degenerative diseases that that occur over time as we age. So yeah, arthritis would be that. Dementia? Dementia. Stroke? The the degenerative neurological diseases. Parkinson's also. All the vascular diseases and stuff. Yeah. You could go ahead and just list them if you like. <laughs> well, I just want to make sure that we talk about these particular things because uh-huh. I know people are concerned. These are some of the things people are really concerned about is Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. dementia, strokes, heart. Well, cardiovascular disease, anything that's related to the heart or the blood vessels, pulmonary disease is another another area of, of avid research and positive results. So a number of these areas are having patients that have these disease processes like pulmonary fibrosis, COPD, asthma. All of these have been tested actually in human clinical trials and have had positive results. So small trials, though they may be, those are positive results that have occurred and, and and very interesting results. The the ones, the neurodegenerative diseases have, has been an area of a lot of research and a lot of the primary research and the animal research has all, already been uh, very good. There are now small clinical trials going on with all of those diseases that you mentioned, the Alzheimer's, the Parkinson's, the multiple sclerosis. All of those areas are actually being avidly researched and some interesting positive results have come out of that. So 
those are areas that are bearing some early fruit and we're all very excited about it. And some of the things that I talk about at the conference is is basically how to administer those things and what methodologies have been used for administration. And some of them are quite easy, actually. I mean, the ones for the degenerative neurological diseases are uh, with using nasal inhalation is fascinating the way that works. And Tell me, tell Tracy in Wisconsin how that, what that is and how that works. (laughs) So if you have your nanoparticles and the nanoparticles are put into a micronized spray and you spray it in to the nose with a deep, deep inhalation. Uh, and the sequence is about every five minutes or so you do that. Over and, the course of like an hour uh, or something? Whatever, to get whatever the dose of, of nanoparticles in there that you're going to get. I think the, the treatment is very easy to do. And the vast majority, the vast majority of the particles are actually directly absorbs into the termination of nerves from the uh, from the trigeminal nerve that comes out of the base of the brain and from and from the olfactory nerve that is our the source of our sense of smell and uh, basically it's really interesting to to see the distribution of these the nanoparticles in there to to basically any area of the brain that has, has damage or has or has inflammation ongoing in it. And so they will track, the exosomes will track to those areas very specifically and enhance the repair, change the nature of the cells that are there from inflammatory and destructive to non-inflammatory and constructive and enhance the production of, of new cells and new connections all over the area. So should somebody who like maybe has a family history of those things implement this as preventive or is it better if after symptoms develop then you do these things? Well we know that after we're a certain age, we, the number of cells in every area of our body is less and that population of cells that that doesn't participate anymore in the function of the organ becomes more and more so we're diminishing our reserves there. But to go from there to say that these treatments should be done at that at a point, a certain specific point in time, whether or not you have predisposing gene or not, it's I would not venture so far as to say that, but I would say that anyone who has that family history and has has a history of any of the degenerative orders such as lupus, systemic lupus, erythematosus, or some of the other autoimmune disorders, they are much more highly predisposed to developing dementia. And it may be warranted in those cases to maybe take an early look. But otherwise, I would say that somebody who's already experiencing symptoms, possibly of people who are already displaying symptoms, we have a very easy test that we can do to to delineate the presence or absence of of, of changes in the brain, and that test then can give us more more or less an indication of whether or not there may be a more logical, more reason to go ahead and initiate a therapy like using the nanoparticle biologics. What case study do you have? Like what's a practical experience that you've had? I know you had, I know you've got somebody now 
that is doing the nasal thing. And then in the past, I know you had a guy who, well, sticking on the nasal thing. I'm thinking of one particular person, but I know you've done several. Anybody in particular you'd like to? You know, I think I recently started somebody with an early essential tremor or essential tremor type of syndrome on at their request, started them on the nasal inhalations. And that he's about six to eight weeks out. He just did his second treatment. And he seems to already be having, at least this is subjectively from what he says, that subjectively he's feeling better and he has less of the tremors, whether it's Parkinson's or not. He's declining. He's declining traditional therapy at this moment, even though I've asked him to speak with a neurologist. I think he wants to pursue, because of his success with other approaches with the biologic nanoparticles, he wanted to try this first in, in lieu of getting on chemicals and other medications. So I don't know if his subjective impression at this juncture is can be translated into objective because he still seemed to have about the same amount to me. But being that as it is, I'm optimistic that he will have a response. And I've, I have two other patients that have started a Parkinson's treatment protocol and, and more recently one on an Alzheimer's protocol. And how are they doing? Well, the initial treatment's very easy. It's basically there are no side effects except for spraying the spraying a like water in your nose, a spray of water in your like nose. A flo- like a potent Flonase? Yeah, well, no, <laughs> not. It has, uh, in, the initial impact is there is none. So there is no increased bronchodilation or decongestion in the nose, in the nasal cavities. It's just, it's just there. You just spray it and hold it. So the spraying up the nose is, what does that have to do with the blood? Is that the one that penetrates the blood brain barrier well that goes that bypasses actually the blood brain barrier because it goes through like the majority goes through the olfactory nerve and the trigeminal nerve branches that go into the nasal cavity there and so there is a small percent of the particles that that actually get into the bloodstream and then secondarily traverse the blood brain barrier by active attraction into an active transport system that pulls them into the central nervous system Okay. So insurance does not cover this. No. Starting price point? Uh, starting price point, depending on how many how many billions of nanoparticles you want in there, I would say a reasonable initial dose being 25 billion or so. 25 billion. Of the exosomes. <laughs> not dollars. Okay. Yeah. 25 billion exosomes is probably, probably should be around 2,000. And then how many treatments? Uh, I'm requir- I mean, obviously it's dependent upon... On response, but I, I tell my patients that, that are going to do it that we should do at least three. At least three. So somebody mm-hmm. may be looking at least six grand out of pocket. Mm-hmm. But six grand might sound like a lot to some people, but at the end of the day, what is the cost of not investing in your health? And that's really the question I think mm-hmm. a lot of people need to start asking. Because I saw a comment today on Facebook, and it wasn't our post. It was somebody else's post that does has a holistic approach to care. And the comment was, none of this is covered by standard insurance, so I'm out. And I really think that's a very ignorant and short-sighted perspective. Because what is the cost of not taking a proactive approach 
to getting ahead of these kinds of issues. What's the cost to you? What's the cost to the people that have to take care of you? Right? Right. I mean, let's talk about that. Because caregivers have like their own stressors. So you've got the patient and then you've got everybody around the patient trying to support the patient. And if that patient's taking this if attitude. If that can be done. What? If that can be done monetarily, you, you know, yeah. a lot of people can't care well, for that, their family. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, that kind of struck a nerve with me today. I just thought it was well, a backwards I think that thought process. More importantly, that thought process, medical insurance is created on a reactive on a reactive, it reacts to a problem and has to be verified by by standard of care or or sometimes a lot of research that the insurance company won't even accept anyway. But that being said, the insurance companies, you're paying your policy, but their job is to pay out. Deny, yeah. deny, deny, pay deny. Pay out as little as possible. Okay, we're getting so. off topic here. I'm yeah. sorry I brought it up. We're also out of time. So we'll have to save that conversation for another episode. Okay. So thank you. Oh, shoot. I wanted to go through a case study. We'll have to do that next time <clears throat> as well. So anyway, okay. I hope y'all found this informative and valuable. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. Go to yourinfinitehealth.com. Submit your questions there. And until next time. Thanks for subscribing to Your Infinite Health. I'm Dr. Tripp. And I'm Lynne. Until next time, feel it, look it, and live it. <laughs>